So a couple of months back, uh, a few of the girls in the community here in Holy Family were talking about uh, socialising and going out and, and that. And then one of the girls used an expression which apparently uh, bouncers may use if a girl approaches the nightclub and wants to get in and isn't allowed to get in because she's not pretty enough. The expression they may use is, not tonight, love. And they were kind of joking about this, you know what I mean? Because like she, she said, uh, you know, I got, I got all dressed up and, uh, you know, I was expecting a not tonight, love. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, oh, yeah, if you, you know, you might approach the door and if a bouncer sees that, you know, you're not pretty enough, he might say, not tonight, love. Next. I was horrified, absolutely shocked that that would even be possible or legal. These days we're all so sensitive. I didn't think that would be, you know, I thought you can get arrested, you can get... But it, apparently it's a thing. It's a thing that you can turn up and you're not pretty enough. You're not pretty enough for this club, so, so move on. Awful, absolutely awful. Uh, it seems like there's this kind of a, a, a cult of the beautiful. You know what I mean? We have, to, we have to look aesthetically good. We have to be pretty. We have to be fit. We have to be strong. We have to be tanned. We have to be Botox. We have to be, you know, we have to look good. There's this, this kind of a... a, a, a almost obsession with it. And even if you look at a lot of TV, reality TV show, shows these days especially, um, like, you don't get on unless you're pretty. If you look at those, uh, don't look at Love Island, I've never seen it, I, but I presume that's what it's all about. I'm just asking Ruth, any idea? No, no idea either? Good, that was a test. Um, yeah, but it's all, you know, you put these handsome or pretty people into a, onto an island together and with cameras everywhere and watch what happens. I don't know. But the point being, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's something in us, you see. And it's a, fundamentally a good desire. There's, a, there's something in us that seeks beauty and that seeks out the beautiful. It, this is a, it's not a bad desire on its own. It, it's a, today, it's been, it's been so twisted and so um, sexualized that it's kind of even hard to say these things without sounding like I'm having a vocational crisis, but I'm not. But like we, we, we seek out the beautiful. Okay, I'm really, I'll jump to the punchline very quickly. So, but the reason for that is we're seeking God. Okay, that's just so that's clear. Okay, that ultimately, you see, well, what God does and creates, and what he, what he is is beautiful. So when He creates something like this, there's harmony and beauty and 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 intelligence and everything behind it. You know, they look at the beauty of creation beauty of the seasons, oh, like, there's something really, really beautiful in that. When he creates people, like every little child, so beautiful. And as far as I'm concerned, they're all almost identical as well. But, um, but they're all just like, beautiful little, harmless little open faces and eyes and just like, just so, uh, they, 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 they reflect something of God. There's an innocence there, a purity. God has like, you know, molded this little person and then put a spark of his own divine life into them. It's, 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 it's something so beautiful. But we also see this in, in, in older people, or people who are closer to God. People who have a kind of a, a relationship with the Lord that's, that's, that's profound and real. There's a beauty in them. So what I'm saying is, we just have to be careful that beauty, as we understand it in the world today, isn't just aesthetic, and it's not cosmetic. So we can look for the beautiful, but that doesn't mean that we're looking for you know, everyone to be whatever it is, six foot and slim and whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're looking for a beauty, but it's a, it's a deeper kind, a real, a profound kind of beauty that age doesn't harm. 
a, a profound kind of beauty that, 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 that doesn't require fashionable, expensive clothes and, and, and makeup. So we're looking, for, we're looking for God, ultimately, when we're looking for beauty. The way the world has changed that now is that, is that it's only aesthetic, it's only external beauty. Internal beauty, virtue doesn't matter. In fact, it kind of gets in the way, because virtue can kind of make you feel guilty. So you look at someone like John the Baptist, who was un, unlikely to have been handsome in the eyes of the world. And even if he was, being kind of beardy, more than likely, and unkept, and living out in the wilderness and eating locusts and honey and wearing camel skin, even if you were kind of handsome underneath, it would have been pretty hard to, to see the, the beauty, the, the aesthetic beauty behind all of that. Camel skin, okay. So, so he wasn't trying to impress anything, but he had this, this beauty of truth in him. And there was something so, but like so irritating about it. It's, it's, it's interesting that the reaction is like, Herod, who, who sees this man who is nothing and has nothing and has no army and has no great study behind him, has no, no great author, he hasn't been versed in Greek rhetoric or anything like this. But here he is saying, your wife there, that's your brother's wife. That's adultery. She's still married effectively to your brother. So it's kind of incestuous as well. I mean, this is really not a good relationship. Now, Herod could have just lopped the man's head off. But it's annoyingly kind of fascinated and irritated and knows him to be a holy man. Knows him to be a good and holy man, Scripture tells us, and gave him his protection. So John the Baptist doesn't have any kind of leverage. He doesn't have any kind of, he, has, he, he can't blackmail Herod. If you kill me now, my followers will come and attack you. Or, like, he has no leverage at all on Herod, but stands by the truth. And there's something, as I say, fascinating about that to Herod. Herodias, on the other hand, she hears this same truth spoken, and she knows it's true. Now, more than likely, she was with Herod because Herod was wealthier. But that aside, her reaction is absolute fury, rage, venom, murderous thoughts to this same beauty of truth that John the Baptist is expressing. Now, when Salome dancer, dances, again, we, there's something else, another kind of aspect of beauty here. It must have been quite an impressive dance. Something like the Macarena, I don't know. Uh, it must have been something that, that really, really impressed him. And again, again, see, there's something here about something enchanting about beauty. So Herod sees her, her dance and this is enthralled, captivated by it. So beauty has a real power, especially the, the beauty of a woman over a man. There's this real power in that, especially like you know, those early kind of courting days and all that sort of stuff where when you're, when you're going out with someone, when you see someone that you'd like to go out with, you will do anything for them. You will drive whatever distances, you'll get gifts, you'll, you'll, you know, even like going to the gym very, very often for lads of a certain age in order to impress. It's in order to look good, in order that the girl that you like might like you too. So there's, 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 uh, there's a desire for this, for this kind of beauty. So uh, a desire to be desired. So Salome dances and, as I say, captivates Herod with the beauty of her, of her dancing. Now, she was offered half of his kingdom. Half of his kingdom. 
just for that. That's how mesmerized he was by her dancing. She was offered half of his kingdom. When she brings this, this suggestion then to, to her mom, okay, what should I ask for? I've just been offered half his kingdom. What should, what should I ask for? The woman is so filled with anger, rage, and hatred that she'd rather John the Baptist dead than half Herod's kingdom. When you think about it, like she'd rather this man dead. What had he actually done? He had just said, uh, your relationship is, is, is adulterous. That, that's not right before God. And having him dead was worth more to her than half Herod's kingdom. So there's something like, there's something, there's something so powerful about beauty. There's something so powerful about truth. There's something so beautiful about the truth. But a, a corrupt heart, a corrupt heart does not want to hear it and will destroy and murder to have that truth snuffed out. So, yeah, most of us, hopefully, are looking for, for God deep down. And in God we discover something beautiful, but we also discover truth. And truth is in and of itself beautiful, but not always easy. Discovering truth uh, can be challenging. You discover truth about yourself, you discover some, a kind of a sinful tendency or habit that you have. Like, it's just the truth. But now that you've, you've heard that, now you're responsible for what you do with that information. If I realize like a certain relationship I have or a certain habit I have or a certain way I use my money or my time, this is not of God. Am I willing to change or am I going to shoot the postman? Am I going to blame the person who told me this, whether it's the church or a particular preacher or Pope Francis? Am I going to blame them or will I actually consider changing my life because this is the will of God? For many, it's, it's easier to shoot the postman Blame, blame the church for its teachings. Blame whatever pope or whatever saint it was that said it. Blame them. But don't change. Don't, 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 do not oblige me to change my life. And so our pursuit of, of beauty, our pursuit of truth, our pursuit of God, starts to get kind of muddied and starts to get uh, confused with our pursuit of pleasure, with our pursuit of an easy life, with our pursuit of comfort. So then when we get to a certain stage, maybe we, we, we actually stop searching for God. Stop searching for real beauty and settle for cosmetic beauty and plastic surgery and whatever else. Just external beauty. We just settle for that. And the real beauty that God wants us to seek, maybe we've just lost, lost the desire for it. Don't want to know it anymore. Because it might cost me something. It might mean I have to change. Saint, oh sorry, Saint, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, not a saint yet, um, he describes uh, a ballroom scene. He says, you remember dancing of, of yesteryear? We can still, it still happens more or less, I think, at weddings in Ireland, you know, where, when the waltzing starts. And usually the, the older couples go out because they still know how to dance. So they're, they're all waltzing. And you, you look at a dance floor full of waltzers and it kind of looks something, something kind of harmonious about it. You know, everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing and everyone has their steps and you've got the, the gentlemen with their, you know, then you've got some of the, ever seen the kind of professional ballroom dancers? Weirdest thing ever where the women kind of lean back. You ever see that? Weirdest thing. It's like they're, half, they're con like constantly falling. You know what I mean? They, they kind of do, anyway, it's very interesting to watch. So, but, but, but there's some, so something very elegant and harmonious about it as they all spin, spin, spin around. Great, okay. 
You need to compare that to modern dancing, where there are no steps, or it's just halfway there, oh, and everyone's just jumping up and down. It's a bit chaotic. And if you don't know how to, if you haven't a good kind of sense of rhythm or dance, you just have no idea what you're supposed to be doing out there, because there, there are no rules, there are no steps, and it's chaotic, and it looks, actually, if you're sober, quite ridiculous at times. It just looks really odd. And you compare this to, to, to the church's teaching that when the church has uh, rules, if you will, laws, teachings, com- commandments, that they're for our good, so that we know what to do. Otherwise, everyone's inventing it for themselves. There's, 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 uh, there's, there's, there's beauty in God's law. There's beauty in it. Because then we know what we're supposed to be doing. We know how we're supposed to live. We know what the steps are. Without it, there's chaos. It's every man for themselves, and it's just it's what we see around us. Everyone, you know, falling into this, this world of me, I, and, and my desires. And what, what do you end up with? Families falling apart, society falling apart, schools falling apart. Like it's just trying to manage all of these complex situations because everyone's making it up for themselves. So in our hearts there is a desire to, to pursue beauty, a desire to pursue truth, a desire to pursue the good, which is ultimately a desire to pursue and discover God. And these are good desires. But the world tries to direct the attention towards the, the, the material, the terrestrial, the, the, the passing. It tries to make all these things superficial. Truth is whatever you decide it is. Beauty is cosmetic. And good is whatever you make it up to be. And in the, the consequence of that is, is, is chaos and actually, ultimately, sadness, loss, darkness, confusion. So John the Baptist, he, he stands as a, a beacon of light. He stands as a beacon of, 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 of courage for what truth is and in a way for what beauty is Salome she stands for what cosmetic beauty can cause just downfall murder so today we ask the good Lord to help us to to see the beauty around us and see the beauty in those around us and to, to understand what, what real beauty is that it's it's proximity to God the closer we are to him the more beautiful we are the closer we are to him the source of all light all beauty the source of, of, of all that exists source of all goodness the closer we are to him the more beautiful we are and there's such consolation in that it's, it's true it's I mean all in heaven Angels and saints, our blessed lady, will be so stunningly beautiful. But never in a seductive way, because that would be for selfish gains. All will be beautiful because that glorifies God. It reflects God. So we ask for, we pray for that purification of, of the world, purification of our own vision and understanding, that we might see the world through God's eyes, and that our pursuit for beauty may lead us to the heart of Jesus. Amen.